We all think it's important to diversify our investment portfolios. We also diversify our retirement portfolios. But how many of us diversify our sources of income? Most people work a single job and typically have one source of income. And then when people start a business, they do the same thing. They have one product or they have one service. In this episode, I want to talk about the importance of diversifying your business for growth and survival. I'm Larry Cornette, and this is Invincible Solopreneurs. So if you want to read the newsletter that is associated with this podcast episode, go to newsletter.invinciblesolopreneurs.com. This is How to Diversify Your Business for Growth and Survival, issue number six. So, you wouldn't think that a late frost could kill your business. But if you're a small farmer, that's precisely what can happen. I grew up in the Midwest, so I know how much the weather can make or break a harvest. And farmers, independent farmers, often walk a thin line of profitability. Now, after 30 years of living in cities, we've lived in cities in the Midwest, in Texas, California. My wife and I, our family, we finally made our way back to a rural lifestyle. And she had lived in a fairly small community. And I lived in a really tiny farming community, town of about uh, 1,200 people, super small. So we now live in an area that is known for its fruit orchards. We're in the, the foothills going up into the Sierra Nevada mountains. Unfortunately, we had a late cold snap in the spring and snow eliminated most of the apple crop. Some of the orchards just decided to close their doors for the season, which this is when most make all of their income. This is when they make their income for the year. So I don't know what will happen to them. It's already been rough with the pandemic. But others diversified. And they're doing what's necessary to survive. One is selling spooky Halloween walks through their forest and orchards, which makes sense in October. Another transformed its facilities into a small event center. And they just hosted a wedding last weekend. And another farm has hard ciders, wine tasting, and family activities to fall back on since they can't sell fresh fruit. Now, dear listener, I know it's highly unlikely that you are planning to start a farm for your solopreneurial business. I don't think so. Maybe. Maybe a few of you. But I bet not. But I think there's still a lesson here for all of us, and that is don't put all of your eggs in one basket and find relevant ways 
to expand and diversify your business income. You should definitely diversify your business portfolio and your income sources, but you need to do this the right way so you don't become fragmented. A bewildering business expansion muddles your brand, confuses customers, and distracts you from your primary focus. And that's important when you are a solopreneur. You have to be focused. If the work you do for your business requires your active involvement, bias for alignment amongst your lines of business as you diversify and expand. This will reduce the cognitive load that you feel when you have to switch gears, when you have to switch gears and focus on these different parts of your business. For example, I've worked hard to align my coaching practice around common themes that I believe can apply to work, to business, to your life. And that includes themes of freedom, flexibility, confidence, empowerment. I've also diversified my different practices under the same business umbrella to provide scalable and non-scalable business offerings. So I have one-on-one coaching where I work with someone directly. I have group coaching like my career accelerator. I've built a community. So I have the Invincible Career Community. I have a solopreneur community. And providing courses and workshops and digital downloads, which is way more scalable, obviously. Now, my other businesses and income sources that I have, they can be more distant from my core business since they don't require a lot of my active involvement every day or even every week. You know, for example, having rental income, making investments, obviously. Uh, The residual income I get from courses. So I have courses I've built uh, and produced with other people like Maidcraft. And, you know, I did that, oh, wow, a year and a half ago. And requires no other work for me, but I still get income from that. And I get some passive income from articles, things that I've written on Medium, for example. So let's dive into the details of how, when, and why you should diversify your business. But Before you can expand, you must build a foundation and reinforce your brand, your business brand. So I'm going to talk about five different steps. First is to establish a foundation. Two is to build and expand your brand. Three is to diversify for growth. Four is to diversify for survival. And then finally, five, let's talk about maximizing flexibility and freedom. Number one, establish a foundation. Don't fragment your attention and your business focus before you establish a solid foundation. Occasionally, I'll talk with someone about their business plan, so someone who's thinking about starting a business, and they describe a full portfolio of goods and services and all the things they want to sell to customers and grand expansion plans, and they have plans for that expansion before they've sold a single product to a customer or provided any services to their first client. Now, it's okay to have a grand vision for your business and picture what success looks like, you know, like 10 years from now, what's it going to look like? That can be inspiring. That keeps you motivated. 
but you need to create a clear short-term strategy and roadmap to ship your first product or to provide your first service, whatever that might be. There's also nothing wrong with imagining a full suite of products and services that your mature business will eventually provide. I do this all the time. I can't help myself. You know, it's part of the way I think about my business and other businesses. And when I do morning journaling, I'm always thinking about ideas for expansion. You know, it's fun and it's a good way to explore the future and think about it. However, before you actually begin diversifying your business, establish a solid foundation first. Build your loyal customer base. Consistently sell your first product or your service to create a profitable and recurring flow of revenue. You know, it sounds basic, but it's important. Sometimes people get a little bit of money coming in and they immediately start diversifying. It's too soon. Make sure you have happy customers and a proven, repeatable business model that works well. Once everything is up and running and humming, reach that point of comfort when you feel you have things well under control, right? Things are going smoothly. You think you know exactly what you're doing. You're not completely racked with anxiety and stress every day just trying to run things. And then, then start thinking about how you can leverage your strengths, your brand, and your competitive advantage to explore adjacencies. So adjacent products or services, adjacent markets. Now, diversification and expansion always come with risks. Of course they do. The closer you can stay to your core foundation and competitive advantage, the greater your chance of success is. And I linked in the newsletter an article from Harvard Business Review. They have a quote. Before diversifying, managers must think not about what their company does, but about what it does better than its competitors. So if you go to newsletter.invinciblesolopreneurs.com, you can get to that linked article. For example, I've watched a local multi-generational family orchard use this strategy. I think the grandparents founded this orchard, and now... I think their children are running it and now their, their grandchildren are starting to run it. Um, kind of cool. They've have spent decades running a farm, selling fruit and offering various goods based on their harvest. So fruit juices, pies, things like that. Then they expanded into hard cider. So hard cider is very popular over the last few years. So now they have hard cider. And slowly but surely over the last few years, I've watched them remodel the various buildings in the orchard where they sell fruit and sell pies and things like that. And they've increased their income from tourist activities. They get a lot of tourist traffic, a lot of people parking up and down the road. A few years ago, they added a vineyard. So that was new. Last year, they built this really nice tasting room that has like an upper deck with a view of the orchard and the vineyards, and it provides this beautiful tasting and drinking experience. People that come to try the wines and the ciders, 
And now I can see what they're up to, that they're going to start expanding this venue to support more events and have live music and probably host weddings and things like that. Now, this process has been going on for several decades. They didn't immediately leap into providing dozens of products and expanding the farm and taking on a lot of debt. They leveraged their well-loved family brand, everybody knows them, their success to build on their solid foundation. And I did this with my coaching too. I took it slow. You know, I was slowly testing the model. I was establishing my foundation, building a reputation, and then slowly started adding more services. First, I only provided one-on-one career coaching. So that was my foundation, just coaching people on trying to get ahead in their career, dealing with issues at work, how to manage their manager, working on getting a promotion, things like that. And then I started offering job search support and interview support because people kept asking for it. I was getting a lot of people approaching me saying, hey, I'm trying to get a new job. I need help. So I started offering that. And then I built a community. So I built my Invincible Career Community Started inviting people into it. My current clients were in it and was pretty careful about slowly growing that so it didn't get too big. And then I created a group coaching program. That's the Invincible Career Accelerator. And then I started offering leadership coaching. So individuals who wanted specific leadership development, leadership coaching, not just career, and then corporations too. So people who said, hey, we have some high potential people. We want to coach them so they can become more confident, take control in meetings, manage people a little bit better, help them become better leaders. And then because of all the repeated stuff I kept hearing that people needed, I transformed some of that into do-it-yourself courses. So I have online courses. And now I'm expanding slowly into more coaching and building communities for solopreneurs like the folks who are listening to this podcast and uh, even life coaching. And that has been a long process because I didn't start out doing that or wanting to do that, but I'm getting people asking me about it. So I'm slowly adding that. And this didn't happen overnight. I've been building and expanding my business slowly for the past six years. This has been six years. So number two, yeah, build and expand your brand. Diversifying too early is a risk. Before you've built a brand and become known for something, you got to be known for something. I mean, it's good to place small bets, to test ideas, to explore multiple revenue streams, but you want to envision these explorations as smaller branches that feed off your core business and your core brand. Once you've built a core brand, You can carefully and strategically expand, but you still don't want to fragment your brand. You got to be careful about this. You want to expand in ways that enhance and strengthen your core brand, things that make sense so that people are like, oh yeah, absolutely. I think I was just reading that, for example, RCA, if you even (laughs) know what RCA is, an old, uh, television manufacturer. Maybe they still do. I don't know. Are are there still RCA televisions? Apparently they got into rental cars at one point. I had no idea. What does rental cars have to do with home electronics? So not a great idea. 
but some businesses do get it right. You know, there are some examples, for example, I know some of these people, a tax preparer, this person did taxes for individuals every year and was getting lots of business and then expanded his brand into more general accounting services for small businesses. So doing that now too, Apple is well known for this. Hate them, love them. I don't know how you feel about them. They are a multi-trillion dollar company now, right? They've created this ecosystem, expanding their brand to have well-designed hardware devices, you know, laptops and phones, and they used to have iPods, uh, software, obviously, and this unified app platform. So now it's all interoperable. It's a full ecosystem. They expanded very carefully. They care a lot about their brand. I know a fitness trainer who expanded her business to then start providing nutrition plans. And it makes sense, right? Fitness and nutrition kind of go hand in hand. LinkedIn. LinkedIn acquired lynda.com. Do you remember lynda.com? And used it to create their LinkedIn learning platform. You know, I have a course on there. And it's for like ongoing professional development, which makes sense, right? LinkedIn should be about more than just trying to find a job. It should be about how do I improve myself as a professional? I know a musician who expanded beyond just selling his music and performing at venues to provide guitar lessons, right? Makes sense. Uh, I know a photographer who used to sell her photos, maybe still does, provided event photography, but then expanded her business to teach other photographers how to start their own wedding photography businesses. Again, makes sense. That brand expansion feels aligned to me. But we also can probably think of lots of businesses that damage their brands a little bit with confusing fragmentation. Now, a big company might get away with this and survive. They can throw away millions and millions of dollars. Small company, a solopreneur can't afford it. You know, Amazon kind of baffled many of us and people in the industry with their poorly designed smartphone, the Fire Phone. That didn't really solve a problem. I don't know what problem they're trying to solve. Getting people to buy more on Amazon isn't our problem. That's their problem. It didn't really meet anyone's needs in a useful way. Failed. I think they still have a huge warehouse full of these phones. I don't know what they're going to do with them. Similarly, Facebook tried to create their own smartphone. And everybody's like, well, why does Facebook have a phone? Confused their user base. Kind of a weird brand expansion. Uh, Google damaged its brand a little bit with a massively costly mistake. That was Google plus. Do you remember Google plus? Nobody probably does. They were desperately trying to compete with Facebook. What is Google doing? Trying to become a social network. Didn't work. Failed. Confusing. So make sure your brand makes sense at the core and your new lines of business seem rational. Isn't it a rational expansion of your brand? Talk with your current customers, see what they think of your plans. They're like, well, that makes sense. That's cool. Or what do you mean? That's ridiculous. Why would you do that? I hope you have a circle of advisors, other business owners. Get their input. See what they think. So number three, very common, diversifying your business for growth. You know, when is it time to diversify your business for greater growth? Well, it depends, of course. Do you actually want to grow your business? Not everybody does. 
Maybe you're happy with how things are right now. You're busy. You don't really want to work harder. You're making enough money. It's a lifestyle business and you're happy. So do you need to diversify to keep growing? Maybe you don't want to. Do you need more income from your business? Often people do. Is there no way to increase your revenue without offering new products or new services? Are you sure about that? Is your business growth limited by your personal time, by the time that you have available every day? There are only 24 hours in a day, and sorry, you do need to sleep, you need to eat, you need to have a personal life, so it's probably limited by that. Do you know that you could grow if you had more time? Is your growth limited by how quickly you can create what you sell? Maybe you write software, you write books, you create art, I don't know, make music. Have you hit a ceiling in your production efficiency? Can you not crank out more stuff in the time that you have available? Could you scale if you automated more tasks? And we probably all could. Even as individuals without a business, we probably could automate more than we think we could or outsource some stuff. And that's another way. Could you scale if you brought on a partner, if you hired employees, or if you outsourced some of the work you're doing? Do you even want to do that? You know, if you are really wanting to be a solopreneur, having a partner or hiring employees kind of takes you into a a different zone. You know, you're becoming an entrepreneur and it's a valid way to grow, but it's an important decision to make. Now, is it possible to grow a business with one product line or one service offering? Yeah, it is, but you may eventually still hit a ceiling. Diversification allows you to grow your business and offer more products and services. But you have to be careful you don't spread yourself too thin. As a coach, I frequently run into this issue. You know, if I want to grow my business and increase my income, the obvious easy answer is, oh, take on more clients, right? More clients but I quickly hit my max capacity. I find that it becomes challenging to spread my attention beyond, I don't know, 10 or so one-on-one clients. It's time consuming. We talk a lot. We chat a lot. I can scale myself a bit and I do through group coaching, but even that has limits. You know, if I have a group zoom call and there's more than 30 people It's really hard to have a bunch of conversations and discussions and it kind of switches into lecture mode. And I did that recently. I just had too many people. And so it was just me talking and them listening. And I'm not sure people want that. So since I do need to diversify, every business does, and I want greater growth, I had to embrace more asynchronous service models. So having things like office hours in my communities where people can ask questions and I'll come in when I have time during the day between calls and stuff and answer questions, it's asynchronous and having scalable products. So DIY courses and digital downloads and books, I could sell millions and millions of those and it doesn't take any more of my time. I've already done the work to create it. And over the years I've watched other business owners successfully scale through similar models. So for example, um, There's an artist that I follow who sells paintings and she has handcrafted jewelry using her paintings. Uh, She expanded. She expanded her business by offering 
one-to-many watercolor courses. So doing a live Zoom session with a bunch of people and showing watercolor techniques. You know, she's very talented. Um, providing DIY courses that she can sell infinitely. Writing a guide to helping people find their style as an artist. And again, she could sell an infinite number of those. So that's a great way to scale. Makes sense. Musician, I think I mentioned that uh, performs at venues, sells music, but also has guitar lessons. A fitness coach, I think I mentioned, that has nutrition plans. But I know another one that offered online lifting programs that could scale more infinitely than what they were doing with live coaching. Or an engineer who provides development services, but that's limited by his time, but also began providing interview coaching to help other engineers, probably more junior engineers, land jobs at the top tech companies. Now, as I always will say, you should take a lean approach to diversifying your business and adding new products or services. You want to make sure there's a there there before you invest a lot of time or money in a concept that might not pan out. And there are a few ways to test a new business concept. You can talk with your inner circle of trusted business peers and your advisors, see what they think. They'll tell you if they think it might have some legs or if it might be a bad idea. Ask your current clients. Ask your current customers. What do they think? Is it something they would want? Would they want to buy this? Do they know someone who would want that? Does it make sense? You can test the idea with some of your potential clients during sales calls. So you'll have this happen during a call where somebody's like, oh, I don't know if this is right for me. I'm looking more for X. And you could say, well, I am considering offering that type of service. Would that be something you'd be interested in buying? And you'll find out how people feel about it. You can create a sign-up form on your website and see if people are interested. See how many people sign up for early access to your new product or to beta test your new service. And then you'll know, you know, if nobody signs up or only a couple of people sign up, it's like, wow, that's not a very exciting new offering. I need to work on this a bit more. <laughs> if you feel really confident that whatever it is you're trying to create, you know, you can deliver If you know you can make it, then you could pre-sell it. You could pre-sell the product at a discount. People do that all the time. You know, sign up, get my book at a discount, and you'll be one of the first people to receive it, right? You could do something like a Kickstarter campaign. I've purchased some pretty cool products through Kickstarters. And so they, I knew what the product was going to be. They pre-sold it with the Kickstarter, right? And they got funding to help develop it. And I've received some incredible cool products, um, some stuff from my iPad, for example, that I love. But long story short, validate it, you know, validate your new concept before you commit too much money or time, you know, make sure it's on brand, make sure it makes sense. You could test the feature set, test the pricing, make sure that you're priced in the right way. Um, Smart car companies do this, right? They don't come out. The ones that fail do. They come out with a a car that's way overpriced and has features nobody really needs, and then it fails, right? So even if your business is growing with one revenue stream, and maybe it is, I know some people do, you are more vulnerable. You're vulnerable compared to a diversified business. So if there's a disruption of your primary income source, it can kill your income quite quickly. 
And that's number four, diversify for survival, not just for growth. You know, over the past few years living up here, I've lost power and internet access in my home. You know, sometimes that outage will last a few hours. Occasionally it goes on for days. We lost everything for over a week. I'm trying to think how long it was, 10 days, something like that, a few years ago. And did my business crumble? Did I have to close my doors? Did I have to shut it all down? No. No, I didn't. I learned how to diversify what I do and how I offer it so I could survive. I mean, living in this remote rural area, being in forest and close to the mountains, it's always been our dream, but we knew there was a price to pay for this. You have to be a little more independent. You have to be self-sufficient. You have to have a generator. (laughs) You need to think ahead, have backup plans and be ready for the worst case scenarios, you know, losing power like we did during the coldest winter months. So I intentionally designed my business for maximum freedoms, flexibility, resilience, being able to survive these events. I wanted a business that leveraged the internet so I could work anywhere in the world, right? Get out of the city. I also wanted a business I could run from anywhere in the world from my phone so I could travel and go on vacations. That is diversification to survive, to thrive. And I'm going to encourage that you do the same thing as you're building out the model for your business. I think if the pandemic taught us anything, it showed us that activities and businesses are fragile and vulnerable when they require physical locations and face-to-face interactions with customers or their colleagues. Many Brick and mortar businesses failed during the past, I don't know, two to three years. I'm sure you've seen some. They had to shut their doors during the height of the quarantines and many never came back. They just didn't recover. The businesses that survived had diversified. They had an element of their products or services that could be delivered remotely without a physical storefront. And I'm not saying that 100% of your business should be conducted only over the phone, although it'd be smart if some of it could be. But you should be able to fall back to that, fall back to remote interactions and survive when necessary. I mean, don't get me wrong, I enjoy in-person meetings. I love teaching workshops. I love giving talks on stage. But I don't depend on them 100%. I've also watched businesses fail during an economic downturn like we're going through right now. Smart diversification can help your business survive. So it can survive in bad times and in good times it helps you thrive. I would say the pandemic was a test of resilience and some businesses could not survive. They couldn't survive without walking customers. The other ones diversified and they did. They survived. I know one local merchant that quickly spun up an online retail shop because she could not sell inside of her physical store. And now she sells even more through her digital store than she did and does in her physical storefront. So it was a necessity. And now it's like, wow, I'm making even more money. And this is a huge win. Some of the restaurants, cafes offered takeaway foods. So they, we have a local brewery that thrived and some failed. 
because they did like wood fired pizzas and sold those. And they had growlers of beer that they make and they could take them to the curb and you could come and pick up the food. Others did not. it's like, so they died. Um, some did deliveries. Um, there was one kind of a fitness community that really, you know, you think about fitness and weightlifting is wow. It's so physical. It's in person. You have to have a gym. They quickly spun up an online service and a community. So they had basic training. I mean, it was really just through a spreadsheet. So it was a smart spreadsheet, but that's really all it was. And I used it and I watched them go from $0 of revenue to millions in revenue annually. This all happened in just a few months. Other gyms were struggling. Some of them closed their doors. Some failed. Some went bankrupt. This community, this business ended up making millions from an online training program. Smart. It's going to be impossible to predict the future. I mean, who knows what the next business challenge will be? I don't know. Who knows? We, we keep being surprised. But if you diversify, if you diversify your products and services, you are more likely to successfully weather any new storm. And then the final thing I want to talk about is number five, maximizing your flexibility and freedom. So if you're anything like me, you don't want to build a business that becomes more of a grind than your nine to five job. You don't want to be more tied down. So as you're expanding and diversifying your business, bias for giving yourself more flexibility and more freedom. Create new lines of business that are scalable instead of being limited to your time. I've thought about several options for my business that would have required leasing a physical space and providing services in the physical world. But I like to travel. I like freedom. I like vacations. I like visiting my family. I don't want to be tied to a physical location. I want to be able to move. I don't want to have to relocate my home and my business. So I want that freedom. I want that flexibility. And I want to offer things that scale infinitely because I'm already limited by my time for coaching. So why would I create something that's also limited? So if you can expand your business in ways that increase and maximize your freedom and flexibility, and that includes things like digital goods, downloads, books, books are a great scalable tool, service, good, whatever you want to call it. Uh, courses, online courses, virtual events, much more flexible, being able to work remotely. I think we've all fallen in love with that. Most of us do not want to go back to an office. So try to find ways that you can work remotely over zoom or phone calls, find ways to do things asynchronously. This is huge because synchronous is always going to trap you to a time and place where you have to sit down and take a call or get on the laptop if you can be asynchronous, that's even better. You can work with people in different time zones. Um, yeah, I'm not saying that you shouldn't do physical stuff. I love physical workshops. I love speaking on stage. I like meeting people. I like meeting my clients. I've done that. I would probably enjoy having a small coffee shop or a bookstore. You know, I'd probably love that. But if I'm ever going to do that, it's only one part of my portfolio. It's not my single line of business. I'll never 
make my business fragile or vulnerable by having a single source of income or only having customers in the physical world or only having a physical storefront. Basically, you need to diversify or your business will die. I'm always going to have it set up this way and so should you. Now, are there examples of businesses that have survived and been successful by only having one product or one service? I mean, there are a few. They seem to have really nailed their value prop. They have a very loyal customer base. They seem to have survived every economic storm in the pandemic. But why risk it? Why hope you're one of those few magical businesses that figured that out? For everyone that survived, hundreds failed. It's too dangerous to put all your business eggs in one basket. So diversify, survive, and thrive. But do it the smart way. Until next time, I wish you the best of luck with building the business of your dreams.